recording is in progress in case anybody was wondering Ooh, recording is 100 in progress right now i am for it what's going on everyone what up what up so nate and mike again with the god guns and family podcast beep, 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 beep. i know we should have like some like button that says like yeah play some samples yeah exactly all right so it is easter weekend it is Saturday when we're recording this. Um, it'll be posted yep. this evening or this afternoon. So, yep, yep. Um, yeah. So, um, anything crazy going on this week so far, bruh? Mm, dude, Costco was crazy yesterday. It was crazy, crazy. Like it was buying water. Um, yeah, people go like we sold out of water. We didn't get a paper truck. We almost sold out of paper. Um, but it was like as busy Why? as I have no idea. It was as busy as it has like was prior to opening the additional Queen Creek, Queen Creek warehouse. It was so many people. And I'm like looking around like, why, why is everybody here? And I'm like, oh, it's Easter weekend and we're closed on Sunday. So everyone freaks out. Oh, like, yeah. Weekends that were closed and loses their minds and panic buys everything because why not? You're ridiculous. Yeah. People would be crazy. What people about you, bro? Are... They lo- not they too much. Their, they lost their minds. My uh, professor was out this week, so I had to teach all the classes this week except for yesterday's. Yeah. And man, bro, the little little kids is is rough. It's rough. Yeah. <laughs> not your it's cup rough. of tea, huh? No, no, because <laughs> it's like when you have like a cat chasing laser. That's yep. them, and then like you're like here while you're doing that, let me show you this thing. Yep, this jujitsu thing, and then they're like, "Oh, there's a laser." And I'm like, "I can't." <laughs> Did you make uh, anyone do sidewinders, bro? I don't know what that is. Oh my gosh, I'm about to show you. It's the the like everybody loathes them, but it's a great core workout. You probably do. You've probably seen them. It's basically where you're like on your shoulders and your back with your feet in the air, and you're like shoulder across the like uh, scooting laterally across the mat, like on your back using your shoulders. So say like this way, I'd be wiggling my shoulders going this way or this way across the mat while kicking my, Oh, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. They're not fun. No, I don't, I don't know. I don't even think I can do that. Yeah. They're rough. So we used to have to do them like in the advanced class, like comp classes. So we'd have to like, face one direction and go all the way down the mat, get up, run back, turn the round. So we're using the different set of muscles and going the other direction. It was, it was bad. It's not fun. And every time I was like, yeah, no, I just, I'm going to quit jujitsu now. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, no, I don't do none of that. Um, I just, um, I like to make them spar a lot and sparring's fun. Do shark tank. Shark tank's fun too. Yeah, it'll teach you. So, it'll teach you some mental fortitude for sure. Yep. So I like to do that. Um, cause like, you know, cause a lot of people don't stay, like, especially the white belts, they don't stay for sparring a lot. And I want them to practice, you know, yep. like if they're not staying to do the technique, why aren't they staying? You know, Is there a gap in time? No, no, we need to make everyone fight. Everyone spar. For sure. So we'd like stop class and then we end class and then people leave. And then we do the open mat sparring afterwards. And it's like, 
where is everybody going? So I just make them do it during class. That's how it should be. In my so like Thursday, I did. Thursday we did. I did like a few drills, like Toriando drill and then knee cut drill, um, and then knee on belly drill where you like switching to each side. Mm-hmm. Little quick refresher on the sit up sweep, Kimura, um, and and uh, and I think that's it. And then and then just sparring. That's for perfect. Like Forty five minutes. Those those are rough days, but those are definitely needed. Well, yeah, you got to do them because like people just don't want to train. Yep, it's not that they want to train; they want to do technique and stuff, but they don't want to spar. They don't want to get uh, they don't want to get rowdy with it. That's what's going to happen. And then today there was only five of them, and man, they got three of them almost threw up. <laughs> Because like I had, I didn't have the timer on. I just had like a stopwatch on, and I was just like letting them go. And then I would look at it and be like a minute and a half, and I just let them go for another two and a half, like. And then I would let them switch, and then that one would be like a minute and a half, and then someone else would be like a minute, and then so it was just all it wasn't wasn't consistent. So which is whatever, because nobody was looking at the clock anyway. Yeah. So they're just they're just trying to live. Keep yeah. They're just trying to survive. Yeah. Yeah, I love oh, yeah. it. Um, so what we got here. So as as everybody knows, we have a. Um, yesterday was a big deal. Yep. And, um, tomorrow is a big deal. Today's kind of like a. Um, a sad day. Yeah. Because like, but then like tomorrow's a happy day. This is true. I mean, it's all because we know the end. Like we know the we knew the like, end the outcome. But like, could you imagine like seeing Jesus die, and then like on Friday, like nothing, and then like more nothing, and then he rises, resurrection day, right? Like that would be. I think of like how that would mentally and physically and spiritually feel to be like there, present in that moment. Like that just blows my mind. Because it wasn't, and it wasn't just him either. That right? It wasn't there. Like, I don't know how many people, but there was. A few, right? Like uh, that were crucified the same day. No, no, yeah. that 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 um resurrected, right? Well, they witnessed it. They didn't. They saw the resurrection. So I thought didn't like more people. Maybe I sound like an idiot. No, I mean, I would like to. I thought to notice because was... I thought you told me that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I am, I'm find out and then I'm going to correct myself or be awesome. But I think it was that day. It was just Jesus. Um, the resurrection date was he basically, he was rose and it was witnessed. And then he, they appeared later into the upper room with the, with the disciples, right. Waiting for the baptism of the Holy spirit. Um, yeah. it's crazy though. Like that whole concept, right? Like, cause I mean, even the people like the Sadducees and the Pharisees at the time, thought that like Jesus was going to bring about like um, overthrow the Roman rule that was like oppressing the Jewish people. And Jesus came to establish his kingdom, but not in the way that they thought was going to come. Yeah. Like, cause they thought he was going to like defeat the Romans and yeah. Free him from the oppressive rulers that they were under. But he's like, you know, I, 
boom, like I came to establish my kingdom here on earth, right? Like the eternal kingdom coming. So yes, today kind of is a sad day, but tomorrow is an awesome day. And total sidebar, ridiculous uh, thing that I'm going to say is I don't even like the word Easter. No, I don't. I don't. I don't like the word Easter because it's freaking pagan in origin. Yeah. We were saying yesterday at church that we were saying happy resurrection day. Yes. So resurrection day. So basically why, I mean, we talk about the Easter bunny and Easter eggs, right? So Easter is like basically a worship of the, the pagan God Easter. And like the whole thing is like the symbolism of the rabbits is like, they're good at humping. Like that's what they do to reproduce mm-hmm. and replicate. And the eggs are the sign of fertility. And so basically this like God of Easter was basically to get everyone pregnant and a bunch of orgies and get mm. women pregnant, have babies in order to sacrifice to the sun God Odin or to the sun God o- Osiris. So this whole thing, Easter in the roots of freaking Easter bunnies and stupid Easter egg hunts. Like that's does the church do it though? Does your church do the Easter egg hunt? No, no, no. I not, I don't think that we do an Easter egg hunt. I know there's a ton that do. Um, but like that's my my wife and I go back and forth all day long on whether or not you know Easter Easter bunny. She's like, well, we need to go see the Easter bunny. I'm like, no, we don't need to go see that pagan. Okay, we're not gonna go do it. <laughs> She's like, you're ridiculous. Whatever. So we celebrate Resurrection Day, but um. The roots of you should definitely keep yourself up at night and look up the roots of Easter per se versus celebration of the resurrection. Crazy. Yeah, I don't want to do that. You want to I'll, take your word. For... I'll take your word for it. Yeah. It gets a little funky. Some of this, you know, it is what it is. That's what my wife and I, there's also Christmas trees. My wife and I go back and forth on. The roots of all that kind of sh- shenanigans, you know. So, ooh, shenanigans, whoop whoop. So, yeah, we go back and forth over some dumb stuff like that. But yeah, dude. So, really, like, I want to ask you, like, what is the re- the resurrection mean uh, to you personally and to your family? Um. So, for me, I mean, I've always been like, I've always. I've always known what happened. Like I've always known the story. I've always known this stuff. Um, but like, as, obviously as of recently when I've been like into the word a little bit more and um, like making, making it a point to try to understand it a little bit better. It's mm-hmm. been more along the lines of understanding like, okay, this is what, this is what Jesus said was going to happen and why. Mm-hmm. And when he resurrected, that's like, to me, that was like that was like his, not that he had to show proof, but there was proof that he was, in fact, the Son of God, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, which, in itself, is pretty crazy to kind of think about. Like we were just saying, um, where, you know, if we were around, if we were around back then, we were like, first of all, would you even have believed? Right. Would you have believed him? You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing, you know? So luckily I wasn't around then. (laughs) I'd have been like, this dude's crazy. Um, But I don't know. You know, I don't know. We'll see. Because like, you know, because some of the scripture 
uh, you know, a lot of the scriptures, like there was apparently there was a bunch of people doing miracles, like some dude down the street's like, Hey dude, you see Steve's doing miracles today. And he's like, well, Jesus is doing them too. What's up? Like yeah. Tyrone down the street is doing miracles too. <laughs> and it's like, it was such a common thing, I guess. Where they're yeah, like, Divination eh. and like the, yeah, the sorcery and the witchcraft and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, dude, like, okay. But I think, um, I don't know. I mean, part of me would have to say there's just some things that wouldn't, like when he fed the 5,000 mm-hmm. each time, 4,000 and 5,000, I think, or five mm-hmm. and four, or whatever, whatever it was. Yeah. I think that would have been a pretty significant thing to witness. Yeah. Um, just because like, you know, just seeing the dudes carry the baskets of food and you're like, yeah, they, um, so they're going to run out by the time they get to me and then they get to you and it's like still full. Yeah. And you're like, and you're like what? This is magic. Yep. You know yep. that. And, uh, I think, um, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I guess you would have to see like what what was going on. I mean, I know a lot of people didn't really believe. And then when they saw what he was doing, they're like, oh, snap. Like, this dude's crazy. And then I can only imagine like once he was like telling this when they had the 12 disciples go out and they were able to do miracles as well. Mm-hmm. You know? And I was like, okay, so we're doing this stuff based on like authority through Jesus from God kind of a yeah. thing. And that whole you know that whole thing um i think was was pretty dope and it kind of made it to where like i think more people would have believed him then mm-hmm. which leads to the feeding of the 5000 because the reason that they went there was because i can't remember which two disciples it was but they were evangelizing i guess you could say right yep and they were preaching to Gentiles and Jews and they were like, well, dude, you can't be doing that. (laughs) And then like, and then everyone started to believe and they were like, Oh snap. And so I don't know. I have like, like that's kind of the thing I think about sometimes is like what I have been able to believe without seeing. And now we don't have the luxury of witnessing those miracles. You know what I mean? At I think least then it would have been a little Jesus, yeah. Yeah. I think then it would have been a little bit easier because you're like seeing it happen firsthand. Or you see someone because you can see you can see it in someone's face, like, dude, this dude just brought this girl back to life, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. What is going on? <laughs> or like this chick was bleeding for 12 years and everyone knew that. And then she like magically was all like she knew that she was clean. And yep. so Yeah. Or like the dude with leprosy, you know. Um, I don't know exactly how that can't worked out. Like, cause like, I know how it looked like an unchosen where like, it just kind of like disappeared. I, I mean, you, have you seen I would have, I haven't seen that part now. I would yeah, assume so that's how like, that would go. Skin's though. all jacked up. And then like, he's like, all right, he's like, be healed. And then go, he's like, and go get, what do you say? Go get verified, go get checked out by a priest and then yeah, do the thanks sacrifice. Something like that. I don't. Know. I don't remember. I don't I know, know exactly wrong. how it goes. But yeah, that's he, essentially what he does. Like he's like, "Hey, man, go get checked, make sure, and then do the um, 
the offering, do the offering for being cured or something like that. It's like, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. It's like, um, go get checked and then do the offering for being cured or something like that. And then, you know, in the show, his arms are like completely covered with lesions and all this other stuff. And then it kind of just like it heals. Like it just kind of, yeah, you know, heals, heals up. And I imagine like dudes, when they saw that, they were like, um, what? What do you got? It's Mark. I yeah. Think, right? So, uh, the one that I found was in, yeah, Mark. So he said, Mark, uh, what the heck is this? One forty through 45. And a man with Everest, he came to him and begged him on his knees. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was, Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing. He said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded you to for the cleansing and as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. And as a result, Jesus Clearly. could no longer enter a town, a town openly, enter a town openly and stayed outside in lonely places. The heck translation is this NIV? Yeah. So I'm like, I mean, but but for real though, like you got leprosy, like the nerve endings in your entire body died. So like you're rubbing the skin raw yeah. off, and then all of a sudden it's gone, it's clean. I'd be like on the roof, like, yo, this guy Jesus just did this, bro. Like, I can't check even... it out. Check uh, yeah, it like, out. Exactly. He's like ripping his shirt off. He's like, wow. Ex- exactly exactly but dude yeah. so, so even with this whole like good friday theme right so like that jesus came to like fulfill those things and more and then what you're talking about too like how rad it would have been to see at the hands of jesus himself but then he also says in scripture says blessed is the man who believes and doesn't see right you know how much you know how much greater is the inheritance right like it's almost like okay i mean even like doubting thomas like okay you say you doubt here you want to put your 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 fingers in the holes in my arm my hand after he Dude, was resurrected. After he was resurrected, yeah. he appeared to him. You want to put your hand in my in, in my rib? You want to yeah, put your here, fingers inside my chest? Yeah. Like, but it's crazy though, when Jesus ascended right during the Great Commission, Matthew 28, and he was witnessed as in his resurrected form returning to heaven. That was like 500 people witnessed that. Yeah. It wasn't just a couple. Like it was yep. many, 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 many people that witnessed these things. So we like to think when we're reading the scripture, sometimes like we, we miss the magnitude that like that had with other people outside of, outside of the people listed in the Bible. So like the people, like the residual people are just around, like the 500 people seeing Jesus ascending. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's pretty cool with like Jaren and Arya yesterday, we, I got out of work and um, Amanda grabbed some communion cups from uh, service, like Good Friday service in the morning. And uh what <laughs> what did I sorry? I just it just reminded me I heard a thing. Where where was it? I can't remember what it was, but someone was giving a sermon talking about communion, and he was all like, if you don't do if you're not doing communion based on like what it really means, then you're really just taking having a snack, and uh, it's not even that good of a snack. Like this <laughs> is true. It's true. It is hundred percent true. I can't remember who said it was hilarious. Sorry. Um, but it was kind of cool though. Cause like we showed the kids, like it was kind of like, a 
like clips of Passion of the Christ, but like theatrically kind of so like with music and it kind of like told the story of like Mm -hmm. what jesus went through his sacrifice and we got to explain to the kids like what the sacrifice of jesus really was Mm -hmm. and what it meant and the suffering that he had to go through um and like they're sitting there kind of like just dumbfounded like aria was like 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 what i'm like yeah dude so i got to explain to the kids um amanda and i both did like the the reason why we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus and on good Friday, what he went through and like really outlined it. And then like got to take communion with both of them and explain them like what, this is what each element meant and like got to do it together as a family. It was a pretty cool experience because they had never done communion before. Cause like, we always like, you know, we, you do communion when you can understand what the elements represent and mean, not mm-hmm. just something like, Oh, you do on the first Sunday of the month, you eat this cracker and juice and be done with it. Like we, every time we do communion, we take the, we, we observe the significance of what Jesus did in remembrance of him. So it goes right back into, yeah, good Friday, you know, we get to celebrate what Jesus has done. And then resurrection day, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, finishing the work that he started. But like, how many times have we forgotten that? the other 362 days of the year. Yeah. You know, like the person you're interacting with at Starbucks or, you know, at the gas station or, you know, in your, at work, your boss, whoever, the person you're standing next to in the grocery store, those people are the same people. Jesus willingly climbed on the cross to save. Yeah. You know, it's, and that's the commission that he left us when he ascended, right? Go into the, all the all nations and make disciples, you know, go into every nation, make disciples of all nations, teaching them, baptizing them, you know, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That yeah. mission, we have to understand that every person on the planet has eternal weight significant enough for Jesus to climb back up onto the cross to do all over again. That's yeah, mind blowing to me. One of the other things too that <clears throat> that really stands out. So, yeah, like you know, there's the three day, two day, a year, Christians or whatever, right, or whatever. Yep. But I was kind of like surprised to see that there wasn't nearly as many people there last night as there usually is, because to me, Good Friday is like. That's like, that is the day mm-hmm. that it all happened. Yeah. You know, like he wasn't, he wasn't crucified on resurrection day. He wasn't crucified on Easter Sunday. He That's yeah. not when it happened. And if you think about the whole thing, if you think about the whole thing, you gotta like, I, like last night I was like in, I was thinking about it being in his situation, right? Like, obviously he already knew what was going to happen. Yeah. But think about it in like the, uh, the, the concept where he already knew what was going to happen. He already knew that he was coming back. He already knew that he was going to get betrayed. Now think about, I don't know, like I just, un, just knowing, and obviously it doesn't really apply to him because he is the son of God. And so like he already forgave him before it even happened. Mm-hmm. But like, to me, imagine like how hurt you would be knowing that this dude 
started following you and was like, he's, you know, one of your closest friends or whatever, or whatever, one of your closest followers. And this guy just straight up turned on you for some money. 50 shekels of silver, not even a lot. Yeah. And, and then after the fact, when you saw what, when he saw what he did and he felt so bad about it, he gave the money back and then went and hung himself. He hung himself, right? I don't know scripturally. I know that's in the Passion of the Christ, but let me find out. I'm going to find out um, right now for sure. I don't know if he hung himself or whatever, but that's from, I'm sure, I think I, I think it's in Matthew. I think I heard it in Matthew. Oh, oh, and oh, then he gives it back to the Pharisees or whatever who gives them, who had given him the money in the first place and they didn't want it either. So then that's when they bought the land for the Potter's uh, Cemetery, right? field or whatever it's called yeah he, he did hung himself you're right matthew 27 yeah yep he done so then, like, himself so just think about like he already knew it was going to happen i mean just kind of thinking about dude now mind blowing but then also it kind of it's like a it's like a double-edged sword too right in a good way so jesus already knew he was going to do this he already forgave him ahead of time Right. He already knew what he was going to do after the fact based on his guilt because of what he did. Right. So all this stuff is already like Jesus already knew this was all going to happen. So before Judas even killed himself, Jesus had already forgiven him. He already knew he was going to kill himself because of the guilt. And he forgave him anyway, no matter what. So that kind of, you know, ties into what we were talking about in the forgiveness episode, right? Like if Jesus can forgive the one person who betrayed him, and I'm sure it would have happened in some, in some way or another anyways, whether Judas had done that or not. But if he can forgive this dude who was like his closest fault, one of his closest followers, he was like one of the more, one of the latter ones, right? He was like, yeah number 10 or nine or Mm -hmm. something. And he was like, dude, it's all good. We cool. You know? And And he washed his feet the night that happened. Yeah. He washed Jesus's feet. The significance of that is just insane. Yeah. And like, just, and just to think, I, I just, and with the kind of the crazy part is that Pilate, when he was getting ready to crucify Jesus, he was like, what has he done? What has he done? Yep. You know, and they're like, crucify him. And he's like, what has he done? What has he done other than offend people? Yep. Hello, this is where we're at today. Yeah, look at, look around. You know what I mean? Like, and then, you know, so many. And yeah, so that's, that's where all that is and and, um it just kind of if you think about it and you're understanding the whole concept of what what it is and if you don't believe if you're like one of the people who are listening to this or you know someone who is trying to pursue jesus or you or you're trying to one of the the things we'll talk about after the break is people who you want to become a believer or follow mm-hmm. or however you want to do it. Like there's ways I think to do that. Um, we, obviously we can't force anyone to do it, 
But like we had mentioned before, like what kind of friend would you be if you did not at least present the information and say, look, dude, do your own, do, I mean, do your research. Like there's historical fact, there's, there are historical, historical documents, there's evidence that all of this happened. And like me being like, uh, like being the devil's advocate here, not literally, but just, you know, the saying. And I hate using that term on this because <laughs> it's like really counterintuitive. You know what I mean? So, but put yourself in the, in a, like in a non-believer's shoes where you're like, okay, well, all this stuff is in the Bible and it's brought up by different people. Okay. The Bible is like the longest, oldest historical document in the world. Mm-hmm. Take this. And they say the evidence is in here written by Luke, Matthew, Mark, Paul, whatever, all the different stuff, all the different disciples. And then you're like, okay, well, we can't use this document to verify itself. Right. So then take the research somewhere else, like take it outside of there. There are other books that were written that are not part of the actual Bible, but they are written around the same time. And all of them are within a very short time frame after this all happened. Okay. Um, there is a tomb. There is evidence of the Old Testament all around the world. There is yep. documentation of, you know, all this stuff. And the part of me that kind of is, it's like mind blowing to me is like, okay, you can believe that. And I we, we talked about this before, but you can believe that two rocks collided in the middle of the universe and then everything <laughs> just magically started growing. Yeah. Right. But you won't believe that there's a being who was like, all right, light, ocean. Yep. These two people named the animals, dude. And he's like, "Mm." and I want to know like how he even thought of the names. Like that's an aardvark. (laughs) That's a zebra. Like, bro, exactly. just like, like that's the striped horse. I just, yeah, it's, that's a narwhal. Zebra. Like what? Yeah. Narwhal. Like I just make a horned dolphin <laughs> or, <laughs> or horned whale, you know, or something. So, but, um, yeah. And I think, I mean, um, I, th- I just, I think the concept for people to understand is it's hard to grasp, like the reason why Jesus went through the crucifixion, the reason why he came, why he was on earth was because the way humanity was, was being mm. was so non-biblical. Yeah. That God was like, I love you all so much that what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a pass. And the pass is going to be Jesus coming to earth and he's going to live a sinless life and he's going to give himself and then be resurrected so that everyone can see and talk about it for centuries. And with that knowledge, you can move forward with your life and try to be a better person so that when you die because of what Adam and Eve did, you can be in heaven with God and Jesus afterwards forever and ever and ever. Amen. That's great. It's amazing, man. The gospel is amazing. Yeah. 
like for real, 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 real. <laughs> yeah, my wife just walked out uh, and she'd be looking amazing. She got me distracted. Um, I just ah! so yes, uh, the gospel is amazing though in that in that regard that Jesus he set out to seek and save the lost up into the point of on the cross, the dude he looks to his right and to his left, right the 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 thieves that yeah. were on the cross because of the punishment they deserve. Like that was their punishment that they got themselves. And the one looks at him and says, remember me, you know, remember me. And he said for the, you know, today you'll be with me in paradise. Mm-hmm. The grace of Jesus is astounding. And that grace of Jesus is more applicable to every person on the planet today than it was then. Yeah, It is our mission to seek and save the lost because Jesus has ascended. He's our advocate at the right hand of the father. It's our job now to be his hands and feet. So the sacrifice that he bore on that cross ties right into what we're going to talk about in a minute. It's our responsibility to, to love on the people and tell the other people that we know and display Jesus to them, to bring them into his kingdom. That's the sacrifice that Jesus did for us. And, And now it's our responsibility. So, I mean, the amazing grace of Jesus is that he empowers everyone to fulfill his will through his grace and power. That's it. And all we just have to be is willing buffoons that say, here I am, use me. Yep. That's it. Try. Try. Put your rubber, put the rubber on the road and just allow yourself to. Put the rubber to the road, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. All right. So let's take a break. Let's take a break right quick. Yes, sir. Then we'll come on back here. Yeah, yeah. We'll finish it up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then. We'll move on. Yes. All right. We'll be right back. Just Be Or is a local Phoenix, Arizona family business that offers three services. Be Organized is our personal organization service. We will organize and declutter projects in your home or offices. Be Hauled is our junk and debris removal services. We haul away unwanted junk, yard debris, and furniture. And Be Restored Designs is our furniture restoring service. We restore and customize your older wooden pieces, breathing life back into them. We would love to give you a helping hand. For more information or to get a free quote, find us on Facebook or Instagram. Links will be included in the description below. Or you can shoot us an email at just.b.ohr516 at gmail.com. Recording in progress. Recording in progress. This podcast brought to you by Pro Baller. What uh, is that? Not, definitely not sponsored in any way, shape, or form. But this is a very delicious premium, premium uh, energy drink that doesn't have any of the nasty chemicals in it. Ooh, like a Jocko. Yeah, it's similar to Jocko, but Jocko is like way better. So if Jocko wants to endorse our podcast, that would be great. He's already doing the the Jesus and Jiu Jitsu one. We need to get on with those guys too. I know that'd be sweet. Okay, <clears throat> so we have a little shorted segment after this, so we'll just get into it, brah. Let's do it. Welcome back, everyone. By the way, welcome, welcome back. back. Welcome back. Okay, so we want to ask about bringing people in, right? Um, like our loved ones and stuff. And 
obviously they would, I mean, to me, they would be a priority, right? Like I would want to bring my family into being able to like, to be Christian, to be, to be, become believers. Cause obviously we want them to be in heaven with us kind of a thing. Is there a way that you would say to do that is better than other ways? I would say the time and place for the soapbox, like standing on a street corner, yelling at your family and your friends, the soapbox evangelism is dead. It needs to be completely done. Personally, how many many people have you talked to that the dude standing on the corner yelling that they're going to go to hell by the way they're living their life has ever, have you ever ran into right. someone like that was beneficial for? Right. Um, no, it just more fuel in the tank of the people <clears throat> that are on the fence. Yeah, yeah. That are pushing them further away from the, cause that's not the grace of Jesus, dude. The grace of Jesus says, come to me as jacked up, as screwed up, as messed up as you are. And then sit with me and allow the nearness to Jesus to transform their thought life, which then will in turn transform their actions, which will then in turn their li- transform their life. Jesus is grace. Grace is Jesus. You can't have the authoritarian rule without the grace. Like Jesus is is the grace of, of God, right? So for me to say, the best way to to show your is to show people Jesus. So your family, your friends, those closest to you. Jesus even says it himself. He's like a prophet is of of no value in his hometown. Right. Yeah. Basically, because nobody you, believed him. Yeah, dude. Everyone was like, dude, you're the carpenter, bro. You yeah, build tables knows who you are, and you doors. Loser. Like, who do you think you are? Who do you um, think you are? Exactly, Mr. Jesus. Exactly. So for me, the most effective way to bring people into the kingdom of God is to live your life on display before them. So so you're, especially with your family and your friends, you're going to have opportunities to walk out grace on a daily basis. You can, if I turn this camera around and point it at my wife, she would tell you big thumbs up. Like I have the, I give her every ample opportunity to have to walk out grace um, and her to display grace back to me because I'm a, I'm a jacked up person. Um, and I can be difficult to love and frustrating. And I leave lights on and have multiple piles of clothes all over the place. Leave lights on. Yeah. I'm yeah, light on. Grief. I know. I mean, that's not that big uh, of a deal. It's not big of a deal, but I almost get stabbed for leaving lights on often. So <clears throat> I don't, Just, I'm looking for a thing now, but I was trying to find something cause I, I'm probably way wrong, but didn't Jesus mention something about like kind of not trying to persuade people or like trying to like cut your losses or something like that, right? Like just say, you know, kind of try. And then like, if they're adamant about not, you know, believing or whatever, then just be like, okay, like, I can't remember exactly what he says, but it's in, it's like when he sends the disciples out. Yeah. Right? Um, man. And I feel like, the more you're pushing and pushing and pushing your family, particularly your family to like faith in Jesus, the further you're pushing them away Yeah, because they're the ones that seen you before they watched you turn your life inside out. They were in the muck and the mire. And really the greatest example for them to be is to see how on the 
little mini interactions and challenges that you face a hundred times a day that they're watching, your reactions are different. And when your reactions are different, that lends the credibility to the transformation inside you is authentic because they're the ones who got to see you in your most jacked up form and your most mm -hmm. angry, your most short tempered, your most quick to lash out, your most you know lack of grace. They, they see all that and they've experienced all that. And now they're looking at your life like, what, is this for real? Yeah. Are you for like, real? Are, are you just saying this? And like for my, uh, my brother is going to give me some grief on bringing him up again because he says he wants royalties for every time I use a story about him. But yeah, he can get a hundred percent of all the money we make from this. 100% is what I mean, or at least for this episode, which is nothing, Justin. So God bless you. Jesus loves you. And so do I yeah, um, take that and rewind it back. Yeah. But <laughs> that song popped in my head right now too. Um, but when I first got saved, he was off running amok. And like, I was so adamant because I wanted him to experience Jesus and like come back to Jesus because he knew who he was, that I was like abrasive and I was not full of grace. And I was like stern and I was just a Bible thumper basically. And he just pushed him so far away. And it wasn't until I just gave that up and surrendered him and his soul to Jesus that Jesus began to open the door to have conversations and interactions because the whole time he was watching how I was living to see if I was living was authentic. Mm -hmm. And that was, he, I was under a microscope for him. And it wasn't until I, sh I like this transformation of Jesus in me played out before him that he was like, man, this really is for real. And then he started because it's not, I'm going to say this right quick. There's nothing a human being, a man, or woman could ever say that is going to author the conviction of sin and bring people to Jesus. That is the job of the Holy Spirit. Our job is to be trying, to be gracious, to be loving, despite and in spite of where people are, and to see people through the eyes that see the potential of where God has them to, to be, not where they're at now. Yeah. So, our job, our commission is to love God and to love people. And the way we love people better is to see them for the potential that is in them, that God has put in them. Mm -hmm. So there's not any way, shape, or form that you're going to convince logically any person to surrender their life to Jesus. That's going to be the, the strictly the Holy Spirit that's going to convict them of sin and bring them back to Jesus. Yeah. That's how it works. So it almost takes that like... Excuse me. It almost takes that like, well, I have nothing good to say. Well, how am I going to convince these people? You're not stupid. Stop trying. Be willing. Be a willing mouthpiece for the Holy Spirit to Luke 12, 12, to speak through you in that very hour what you ought to say. And like, just be a willing vessel because it's not going to be you anyway. Yeah. It's just not going to be. Stop trying because that you just made yourself the Holy Spirit. You just elevated yourself to God. That's pride. You need yep. to get out of the way and just be willing to allow Jesus to use you, particularly with your family. Just say, Jesus, let me be an example of who you are in a way they cannot argue with. Because that right there is going to be the greatest testimony you could ever say or speak is the one they see and read on your heart. How is your heart different? How is your interactions with people different? How do you react in, uh, in the home? differently than the way you used to before Jesus had transformed your life. Those are the things that are going to speak volumes 
of the transformation that Jesus is happening inside you personally. So, you know, there's not this, there's not this cookie cutter. You say this, you do this, 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 and then you, that equals someone getting saved. And even when he commissions the disciples, right, what he's basically telling them to do, he's calling them to be a a seed sower and a waterer. Sometimes the water and the sower get to get to see the harvest, but guess what? That's not our job. The harvest is the Holy Spirit's job. Our job is to sow the seed, to be an example, to love on people, to show them Jesus. Those are the seeds, man. And then when God opens the door to have a conversation, it says to be ready in every hour because he's going to teach you what to say, right? To have a, def- uh, uh, a a response to the defense of f- your faith, those doors then will open, but it will only always come, especially as the culture is changing from relationship. It's going to be you're in relationship and earn the right to speak life into someone's life. That's the key. The time for like, just like a position of somebody like, oh, he's a pastor. So immediately he has, um, through his position, a right to speak into my life. That season's done. I don't care if you're a pastor or you're the freaking president of the United States of America, or if you're what, whoever, whatever your position is, you do not have a right to speak into my life because you haven't earned that right. Now that's the mindset you have to be going into with everybody. You have to earn the right to speak life into someone's life in order for it to make a lasting impact. Because you can't just point your finger at someone and say, the way you're living needs to be this. That is never going to work. You put your finger in my face and say that I need to do something. Watch me walk away, both middle fingers in the sky. Like watch me do nothing. What you just asked me to do. Like that's the culture we live in. And it wasn't until people earned the right to speak into my life that I was actually hearing what they got, they had to say, and God was using their voice to write on the tablet of my heart. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Si, senor. So <clears throat> we got seven-ish more minutes for you. you seven bounce. more minutes. The last thing um, that I just thought of that we should talk about, uh, yeah. just real quick. It's, I think, a really important thing. Um, we talked about it last week. Uh, Christians are are being targeted. Yes. Um, our, I mean, the way that we believe, the way that we believe, um, the way that we behave, um, even though you've never seen a violent Christian, um, a real one anyway, push any type of violence on anyone else because of our beliefs, we are still being targeted. Um, so I have a, just a few points and then you can jump in if you want. First thing is if you're listening to this and you are already going to a church and you're a dude or, or a chick, whether or not that's politically correct, I'm not, I don't really care. Dude or a chick. And you attend a church and you are in an area where you are permitted and are able to carry a gun, you should definitely do that. It is not necessarily illegal. Look up the laws where you're at. I'm not a lawyer in every state. I only know what the laws are here in Arizona, and Nate's obviously knows what the laws are in Arizona. Um, If you have the ability to carry a gun and you feel comfortable doing so and you are trained on it and you are able to protect yourself if you carry like on a regular basis, there's no reason for you to not carry at a church. A few reasons. 
So the first reason is, is like I said, we're being targeted. Um, there's a, there's a high likelihood that this is going to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to become more prevalent as opposed to like school stuff. Yep. The, the attack on churches and stuff is going to become more, I think more frequent. And if you attend a church and you carry and you feel like you're in a position where you can help and you want to help, then reach out to someone who is, you reach out to your pastor and let them know that you want to be part of the safety team or security team, whatever you guys call it. Yep. Um, and if you don't want to be part of it, you should definitely at least tell them like, Hey, I carry all the time when I come to church. If something goes down, I'm here. And that is something that every safety team should be pursuing, getting some sort of communication out to the congregation and kind of communicating with them. Hey, if you carry, we just want to know. So if something goes down and you're helping, we don't pop you thinking that you're someone who's trying to do some violence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's a good, good practice. I think is, um, I, I mean, we kind of were talking about it with us. Uh, if you can be part of the safety team, that's even a better option because then you have communication, then you have a radio, then you're trained and you're doing monthly trainings or whatever the, how often the trainings are, you're doing that. And that's, you know, you're doing your part to help with that. Um, I don't see why anyone wouldn't. Um, I do think, I don't know what the process is where you're at, but um, we talked about it yesterday at my church and we were like, well, there's like a huge um, bottleneck Mm -hmm. with the process. So we're trying to figure out a way to make it where our campus alone can kind of do the whole thing. Yeah. As opposed to going through the main campus, we like have someone on our team who is like, you know, the admin dude. Um, I'm probably going to be the range guy. Someone else is the coordinator and they're the yeah. one who does the schedules and whatever, yeah. stuff like that. So being able to do that, I think will definitely streamline it. Um, and if you're not sure exactly what's, if your church has one, there's a pretty decent chance that they do have one. Um, and they're doing their job effectively. And, yeah. Um, the only, the only way that people know that we are part of the safety team is like, we have to wear the badges and it just says like safety ministry and it's, you know, so, um, other than that, like, and you don't even have to carry a gun. If you want to be on the safety team, at least with us, you can still be on the safety team. Mm -hmm. But if you want to, there's, you know, there's usually requirements depending on where you're at. Um, so I just figured we would say that and go from and you know yep got a point yeah i mean i there you said it right like if you're willing and you're able ask somebody and you're going to either connect you with someone that leads it and runs it or they're going to task you with creating one and in which case reach out to us ask questions Mm -hmm. like we have resources available at least in arizona there's a whole group of um safety network team safety team networks around here that all the churches kind of partner together in a network system and there's quarterly trainings that they do so there's resources available so just reach out if ask and get connected with and then there's a ton of resources available so we're here for you guys also reach out to us with any questions we'll do the best to answer it yeah 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. And dude. on that note, I don't have anything else. Do you have no, anything? Uh. Well, okay. Oh, you're praying today, though. What? What? Okay. Okay, Phil. Why are you hating on me? No, not at all. All right. So, um, let's do it. So, dear Lord, we thank you um, for today. We thank you for your sacrifice on um, from yesterday, many, many years ago. And we look forward to tomorrow where you came back and you showed us the love of our God and your sacrifice. And please let us reach out to more people with this podcast and also let more people join the safety team and let people know that the church loves them, that you love them. Mm, And we all want to take part in protecting the people that you um, came here to save. We came, you know, you came here to save everyone, but our churches are our home and we love them and we want to make sure that everyone is safe, especially nowadays when we have, a significant target on our back. Um, keep guidance over us. Keep um, protection. Watch over us. Watch over Nate. Watch over his family. Watch over us and everyone. And uh, it's a little long, but it is what it is. All right, Lord. Thank you. I love you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, man. See you later, buddy. Hey everybody, thanks for listening again to another episode of the God, Guns, and Family Podcast. If you have questions, please reach out to us at godgunsandfamilypodcast at gmail.com or you can reach us on Instagram at godgunsandfamilypodcast. There's no space. <laughs> also, if you are in any type of sports where your teeth may be injured, go ahead and um, check the link below and impact mouth guards get a nice custom mouth guard use the code sawtooth for 30% off there's no commissions just some savings for you all all right god bless happy resurrection day peace okay.